This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of Cruise Radio. Happy New Year. I hope you had a good one. Staff writer Richard Sims is here with me to kick off our New Year's show. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. We kick this week's cruise news off with a cruise-related scam. Yeah. We, you know, we haven't heard about one of these in a long time. We used to see quite a few of them. But in this case, Charles Johnson, who is a travel agent who owns a company called Carolina Blue Tours in Statesville, North Carolina. And he is accused of scamming mostly elderly people out of about $25,000. And we've heard versions of this particular scam before. Someone sets up a group cruise, gets a bunch of people to pay for staterooms, then cancels the sailing. In this case, he canceled it the day before. And people called and were like, you know, calling the cruise line and saying, hey, what's going on? And of course, it turned out he had never actually booked their rooms. He just took their money. Um, He did book one room, however, because he went on the cruise. So he, I hope, had a very, very good time because he is now facing some pretty serious charges. He's been arrested and faces six charges of obtaining property by false pretense, which is basically sort of a form of fraud. And it seems pretty likely that they will um, be able to make these charges stick, given that there's not a lot to contradict what he actually did. Wow. Interesting. And Richard, before we go any further, I do want to say that um, if uh, if my clarity isn't that good, I, I'm in Vegas right now doing a, a couple of concerts this week. So I'm kind of connecting with you on Skype. So uh, please pardon any uh, dropouts or anything we may have. We'll just chalk it up to technical difficulties. And from that, we'll jump right on and I'll say, meanwhile, Royal Caribbean's nine-month cruise has captured worldwide attention, especially in the media. Yeah, this isn't the first world cruise, and there have been longer ones, and there are longer ones coming up. But for some reason, this particular 274-day voyage on Royal Caribbean Serenade of the Seas has become not only a sensation, but a social media sensation. There have been over 100 million views on, on TikTok using the hashtag Ultimate World Cruise. It's basically become kind of like a soap opera with People going on TikTok and, you know, figuring out who's on this thing and following them. And people are taking bets on, will someone fall in love and get married over the next nine months? And, you know, what kind of drama will unfold? Uh, The ship is going to visit seven continents and 60 countries. What's kind of interesting is that this sort of weird impromptu reality show where you get to go on TikTok and find people who are on this cruise and follow them. And there are people not only following them, but then uh, so you can go on TikTok and follow these people, but you can also follow the people who are following the people. It's very meta. And it's actually uh, what I've seen of it is actually a lot better than the actual reality show that is set on a cruise ship right now. There is a show on Amazon prime called the cruise and it is set on a Virgin Voyages ship, and it you know follows the, a group of passengers and crew. It's sort of sort of like a reality version of the Love Boat, I guess. Uh, and and it is currently on Amazon Prime. I've seen the first three or four episodes, and it's interesting, but it is not nearly as interesting, and it's certainly not 
captured attention the way this world cruise, this ultimate world cruise of Royal Caribbeans has. So, you know, there's there's a new option for you. If you're a TikToker, get on there and follow your favorite cruiser. It's also interesting, too. I didn't realize uh, as I was seeing all this coverage, I believe it was like on Good Morning America or the Today Show a few days back. Uh, just after Christmas, actually. But I was looking more into this Ultimate World Cruise. It kind of came and went in my mind because they launched it like uh, either during the pandemic or right during the restart, I believe, is when they started talking about this Ultimate World Cruise. But I forgot you can actually book it in segments. You can book like three or four segments. So you don't have to commit to like 274 days. You can just go for like 60 days or 90 days or the whole thing if you want. Right, exactly. And and the price varied, you know, it could be like 54,000 if you were doing one segment, it could be, you know, 150,000 if you're doing all of it. So it varied based on that. But it sounds like the people on board are sort of aware that this is a very cool and unique experience and that they're becoming family and that they're all getting to know each other. Like I said, to me the most interesting angle is going to be like 4 months in when like what if you make enemies you're you're stuck on there with them you know so this could become a very interesting soap opera heck we could have a murder mystery at sea and uh uh you know all of the the people on board are suspects uh, the, being someone who watches soap operas for a living this is this is fascinating to me yeah, or it could a, a couple might uh, have a baby on board. Who knows? Have a baby. They, they could. <laughs> yeah, they could. A, yeah, well, and that's it's an interesting one. question. That's an interesting question. What happens if you know cruise lines do not allow people who are in the early stages um, or the very very late stages of their pregnancy to sail? What if somebody gets on board not knowing that they're pregnant? You know, and they would be eight or nine months down the road ready to have a baby. I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of possibilities here. We will be keeping an eye on this. Yeah, for sure. And meanwhile, one cruise line, as of the middle of this week, has kicked off quite a few guests, and I expect that you may be one of them. Yeah, let me tell you, I am not very happy right now. Um, So earlier this year, I took my first ever cruise on Celebrity Cruise Line. I went on Celebrity Summit. Loved it, stayed in the retreat, had an amazing week. Um, And, uh, you know, so I've been looking to book another cruise with Celebrity. But this week, we got a tip from a reader. And it happened to be about Celebrity. And I was like, oh, let me do a little checking on this. And it turned out, I found out that what they were saying was true. And what they said was that Celebrity has started charging solo cruisers basically double. More than double. So solo cruisers like me, we're used to paying this thing, what's known as the solo supplement or the single supplement, which basically means even though um, I am traveling by myself, I am paying double um, what the what the per person rate is, just like you would in a hotel. If you stay in a hotel, doesn't matter if you're one person or two per people, you're going to spend the same amount. Now, to me, that's sort of apples and oranges because – In a hotel, when you pay for your hotel room, you're not also paying for like the food that you're going to eat all week and all of that. Whereas that is covered when you stay in a, uh, when you book a cruise ship room. So to me, I could see paying like, you know, maybe half of that second person's fee or whatever. But in this case, what they're doing is they are charging more than double. I went to look, I did a little research and I, I said, okay, let's take this cruise in October Let's pick a stateroom. Let's book it first as if I am two people and then as a solo. The I'm I'm rounding the prices here, but as 
if I was booking for two people, the price was around $3,000. If I was booking that exact same room on that exact same ship on that exact same sailing as a solo guest, it was about $3,400. It was $400 more for me as a solo than it would be if I had taken, you know, if I was taking a friend or if I was cruising with my, my, my girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. So it appears that this is being done to make up for the loss of revenue brought in by that second guest. In other words, when I'm on that ship um, with a friend, we're both going to go to dinner. We're both going to um, go to the casino. We're both going to, you know, do all these things that you that, that you do that you spend money when you're on a ship. The extra ancillary spending. When there's yeah. only one person in the room, they don't get that extra money. So it seems as if what they're doing is boosting the price up to make up for that loss of income. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's kind of really unacceptable, especially at a time when other cruise lines are making actual efforts to court, you know, uh, solo cruisers. You know, Norwegian Cruise Line for years has had their solo studios and their solo um, um, staterooms, stuff like that. And they're now expanding that so that you can get not only if you don't want to stay in the solo solo lounges and the solo studios, which are, you know, kind of inside rooms, if you want a balcony, they're setting some of those aside on all of their ships across the fleet so that you can book those. And it's, it's, you're going to be paying more than you would, you know, just the solo, but it's not double. So I'm just, I think this is a really, really bad move, and I'm really hoping that as this gets more and more attention, that Celebrity will rethink this move, because it is definitely not a move that is friendly towards solo cruisers. And I don't know that that's necessarily a market they want to cut off, as studies are showing that more and more and more people are deciding to, you know, whether they are single or whether they just want to get away from, you know, their families, more and more people are taking solo trips. So this is not a good look for them. And it's too, it's weird too, right? Because you have these edge class ships that have these uh, solo staterooms as well. But back to what you were saying, I did a mock booking. I actually have it on the screen right here. And it was for November of 25. Uh, a balcony cabin for two people well, was priced at $3,054.14. And then I did that same booking, same sailing, balcony, solo guest, $3,433. So, yeah, it was around uh, – yeah, just over $400 more for one person to go instead of two, which also makes me want to say if you want to go solo, just book two people, no show that – John Doe at the pier, you'll get your taxes back and you'll be on the cruise for cheaper as well, you know? Honestly, I would never have thought of that. Is there any, you know, if if you, let's say that you and I book a cruise together and you decide not to go, is there any penalty assessed for that person not going? Or is it just, well, you're not going to get your money back, you know? I'm only saying that because I've done that before with one cruise line. <laughs> I won't say what cruise line it was, but I put a John Doe on my reservation um, because they were charging a big penalty for having just one person in the cabin. So I did a John Doe. So when I got on the ship, I sailed for cheaper than a solo rate would have cost. And I got back like $247 in port taxes as well, because John Doe obviously didn't sail. Fascinating. I would never have thought of that. See, you have a, you have, I am the skeptic, you are the schemer. One other thing before we move on here, I was actually talking to someone inside of the celebrity camp, and I'm not going to mention who it is, but they, they did tell me, uh, basically, more or less, 
Imagine if all of our ships just sailed with single occupancy, how much revenue we would lose. It would be 50%. Okay. And and that right there, that is not at all surprising that that would be a defense they would use, but it's also complete and total BS because you are not going to have a ship full of single people. You know, I mean Mm – you know, on any given sailing, you know, they, they, they obviously, all of the cruise lines recognize that people do sail so, solo because they tend to have solo get togethers and solo meals and things like that. But if you've ever taken part in those things, you know, there's maybe 15, 20 people on a ship with 5,000 or 4,000 or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I, that sounds like one of those things that you say when you need a defense and you hope that if you say it with enough conviction, no one will look at you and say, that's kind of BS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, we'll move it on here. Gosh, we have our, what, 17th man overboard for 2023. Glad that year's behind us. Yeah, if there's a bit of good news, that is. It's the last one, unless we get word later about somebody who, you know, was not reported earlier, but it shouldn't be. Um, And in this case, it was a, I believe he was 41 years old. Uh, His name was Carlos Kendreva, and he jumped overboard during a New Year's cruise on board the MSC Prezozia. Uh, is that pronounced right? Preziosa, I think. Okay, Preziosa. Uh, the ship was off the coast of Brazil. There aren't a lot of details, and that's not at all unusual. You know, we we almost always, when we report these type of stories, there's not um, too many details, and there's certainly not a lot of details about how he went overboard. There have been reports that he jumped after having had some kind of fight with his girlfriend but that's you know pretty much uh, again that's unsubstantiated we don't know that for sure um there was as always an extensive search but the passenger was not located and is now presumed dead as sadly these stories usually turn out have you noticed richard and i know that we're kind of ramping up uh back in 2019 we saw 27 men overboards and here we are at 17, and obviously, as the cruise industry um, kicked back up, we had like one in 2020 because no one was sailing. I think we had two in 2021, and I think like nine in 22, and then we had 17 last year. But it seems like now there's this hard line that cruise lines are actually saying, you know, they're, they're not saying they they went overboard. They're actually taking a stand now and saying they went over intentionally. They jumped off the lifeboat. We didn't hear that before this year. I think they were sort of a little more um, discreet, for lack of a better word. But mm-hmm. I think I think part of it is, you know, we. I, I often take a cynical look at the industry. I mean, I love this industry. I love cruising more than anything else. <laughs> I would trade my family for a cruise at any given moment. Um, But I also accept that, as with any industry, there are certain things that I don't love about it. And one of them is that the cruise industry, often I find they say things that are designed to evoke a certain reaction or not evoke that reaction. In the case of these types of cases, I think that what they're attempting to do is make it very clear that you cannot, that you don't just fall overboard they can't come out and say um, you have to be doing something stupid to fall overboard, but that is sort of the truth. That is why now we tend to hear if they have reason to believe that a person jumped on purpose, 
they make that clear. It is no longer just, they no longer just say, you know, someone went overboard. They say someone specifically purposely went overboard because it's, I think there's a fear, even though, think about it. Okay, we had 17 man overboards in in the last year. 17 people out of, you know, the, I'm trying to do the math, carry the one, 6.4 gajillion people that sailed last year. It's a really, 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 really innocuously small percentage of passengers. But when you hear 17 people went overboard, that can create sort of a narrative in the mind's uh, that the mainstream media likes to push. And it's certainly, you know, if you're a non-cruiser and you don't really recognize the fact that, you know, millions of people cruise every year, you hear that and you think, oh, gosh, that sounds really, cruising must be really dangerous. So how do you counter that? By making it clear that this is not people who fell overboard. These are people who jumped overboard. And that's, it's subtle, but it's an important distinction that I think they try very hard to make now. Well, our wrapping it up here then, uh, a little bit of good news for guests who will be sailing on some NCL ships here in the coming months. Okay, I've actually got a question for you about this. So mm-hmm. when we do stories about prices going up, the nickel and dime crew come out in droves. You know, they come running out, they've got their pitchforks, and they're like, how dare you raise the prices? But is there a group who celebrate when the opposite happens? Because they're going to be thrilled to hear this news. So the American Diner, which has never really been all that popular, it's been on, um, you know, it, it's sort of a low rent Johnny Rockets. It's been on, I think, five Norwegian cruise ships, and it's been classified as a specialty restaurant. And I think the problem was that when you think of a specialty restaurant, you know, you think of like, especially like Norwegian has some really good ones. They have Le Bistro, their French restaurant. They have Cagney's, their steakhouse. These are things that are worth paying extra for. The American Diner was sort of, you know, it's just not worth paying extra for necessarily. Um, you know, it's 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 a little bit probably a step up as far as the variety of food from what you would find at Guy's Burgers, although I don't but it never achieved the popularity of a Guy's Burgers kind of place. Anyway, they have now announced that the American Diner is going to be switched from a specialty restaurant to a complimentary venue. It started with the getaway. That was the first report we had was that um, people on the getaway were reporting that they could go to, to uh, the American Diner for no charge. And it is now taking the place on the other ships. Uh, the Encore started on the 6th of this month. And passengers sailing on Norwegian Bliss, Breakaway, and Encore, the other three restaurants that are ha- the other three ships that have this restaurant, will begin to enjoy the free food starting on uh, February 13th. So by, by Valentine's Day, all of the American diners across the Norwegian fleet, and again, there's only like five of them, but they will all be turned into complementary venues, which honestly I think is smart. Um, Norwegian generally has had very good luck with their restaurants and their various um, you know, deals that they made, but American Diner and Margaritaville – were two that never really caught on for these uh for these for, for Norwegian. They 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 just didn't seem like things that people were willing to pay the upcharge for. Um the one thing that will still remain an upcharge, I should mention, the food, they've pared back the menu a little bit at American Diner. It's not quite as expensive as it was, but it's still a pretty good meal. I mean, like they've got a, it's a good lunch spot. They've got salads and handhelds and burgers and stuff like that. The 
One thing that will still be extra is the handmade milkshakes. Those will be $7. But otherwise, the food at American Diner will now be free. So, yay! Good food. We, we like free food. If you happen to be on one of those ships in the coming weeks, um, especially after February 13th, when they finally have all gone the way uh, to free, you know, it's worth checking out. Uh, I'm going to head out here and go see Luke Bryan at Resorts World and then uh, see what I can get into out here. And it's freezing out here, by the way, dude. It's like in the, it's going to be, I think, 31 tonight, which is kind of unseasonably cold. Wow. I think it's, Vegas. I think that's about yeah. what it is. I think that's about what it is here in Woodstock. Well, I am going to be leaving Saturday morning on the Carnival Venezia. If um, if a listener happens to be on board, feel free to find me, and I'll talk all things cruises with you or soap operas, either way. Uh, where, and where are you going? We, will have to, we are going to Nassau and Freeport, neither of which I give two craps about. But I will also be making my very first visit to Half Moon K. I've never been there. So oh, cool. hopefully we'll have good weather and I will get to um, get to take in the private island. I've wanted to go there for years, but it just hasn't been on the itinerary. So now it finally is. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully we will try and connect so we can record some something uh, news-wise next week. Very good. All right, man. Well, let's try to catch up next week when you are at sea. Staff writer Richard Sims, as always. I sure appreciate it, my friend. As always, I'm really glad to do it, and I hope you have a great time at the concert tonight. Just back from a cruise? Let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast, or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.